1: It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. Welcome to Bowl Season Daily. That's Tom Finnelli. I'm Chip Patterson. Uh, for those of you who are uninitiated on the topic, We come to you every single morning and we deliver basically what you need to know about the bowl games that are going on that day. So, because this is Friday, December 17th, we've got one, two bowl games to get to you. And we're so excited about it because it is the start of bowl season. Uh, We've got the Bahamas Bowl, 12 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN. That's going to be Toledo, Middle Tennessee. We've got coastal Carolina and northern Illinois, 6 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff. You can watch that on ESPN too. That is the Cure Bowl from orlando so tom uh let's start with the uh bahamas bowl happy to have it back right oh yeah you, for sure you know, i couldn't go to nassau last year couldn't couldn't really take it all in and, and all the sights and the scenes only six previous games we had on on the locks podcast if you listen to it on thursday you know danny made the correct comment that man it seems like some of these games are crazy and some of them have been but three of them have been one score games The other three have kind of been blowouts. Toledo favored by 10 in this game. Uh, Before we get to an exact pick on it, what's your general expectation as we get started uh, noon Eastern time out there in Nassau?
1: Well, with like you said, I'm happy that the Bahamas Bowl is back because one of the better parts of the bowl season are the odd venues that sometimes pop up for these games. And the fact that there is a bowl game in the Bahamas is spectacular on its own, but the fact that it's also a bowl game between like teams from small conferences who didn't even win their conferences playing in it. I feel like a trip to the Bahamas should go to teams that maybe won 10 games. You know what I mean? Like Very good take, like much love to the Frisco bowl, but those teams,
0: like we've got San Diego state and Utah state that we'll be previewing later in bowl season daily. Like they've got a combined 23 wins on the season. They're in Frisco, Texas, much love to Frisco, Texas. But in Bahamas? Yeah.
1: Come on. I mean, didn't they earn that trip, especially this time of year? Although, you know. But no, I'm I'm happy it's back. It is strange this year, though, that bowl season is starting on a Friday, because it normally starts like the season ends, and there's the Army Navy game. And then a week from that on Saturdays, when you get like four or five bowl games to really start the season. So we're doing it on a Friday this year. And then it's also that it's during the day, not complaining. Because that gives us something to do on a Friday, but it's just it's it's kind of odd timing, like I don't feel like I'm ready for it yet. I feel
0: ready, and yeah. that's probably because I had to write the pick story for this game, so I know it was due already a while ago. uh We've got two teams that are in a little bit of a different place where yes. I think that Toledo probably played or was a good enough team to compete for a Mac championship. It
1: should have, yeah.
0: Middle Tennessee like squeaks into the postseason. You, you talk about it, what a nice break it is. You beat FAU in the final game of the regular season to get your sixth win, improved to six and six, and you get to go to the Bahamas. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Toledo favored by about ten or so. How do you see this game playing out, and what are the sort of strengths and weaknesses matchup points that you got your eyes on?
1: I think that in a in a perfect scenario or just in a vacuum if we want to get scientific this is a game Toledo should win cuz like Toledo is the better team in in my estimation like you mentioned this was a team that was expected to compete for a MAC title this year probably should have been competing for a MAC title given what it had coming back with this team but they got off to the slow start with losses to Notre Dame and Colorado State but then even after getting into conference play like they beat Ball State to start off 1 and 0 but then in a, in a game at the time that seemed strange, they lost 22 to 20 to Northern Illinois. And at the time, we didn't really know what Northern Illinois was going mm-hmm. to be yet. So it was like, Wow, they're losing to the Huskies. But then they followed that up with a loss to Central Michigan, and they just never really got it going. Like, this is a team that just on the year leads the nation in penalties. So, in a way, it was kind of its own worst enemy. And when you look at those losses, because it lost three games in conference, okay, because they were in the West and the MAC, which was far and away the most competitive division in the conference. Like, the last place teams all went four and four in conference play. It was that competitive from top to bottom. But you look at their losses, Northern Illinois. 22 to 20. Central Michigan, 26-23. It's all Eastern, one score, right? Yeah. Eastern Michigan 52-49. Their three conference losses came by a combined eight points. So this is a good team. And it's going up against the middle Tennessee team that I think is from week to week, it was pretty sporadic. Like one week it would look great, one week it didn't. Chase Cunningham gets hurt. Kind of that kind of derailed the end of their season a little bit, even though you know, like they're a six and six team and they feel like every bit of what you expect from a six and six team where some weeks they're good, some weeks they're bad. So I think going into it, if both teams show up and play their best, this is a game Toledo should win.
0: Yeah. the uh, My Toledo take here is that when you pull up the middle Tennessee game notes and you like really go through, okay, what was good? Like, Much love, and I'll say this a lot, especially with these early bowl games, to all the SIDs who put together just game notes for 15 weeks during the season and provide information for those of us who, listen, I didn't get a chance to watch all 60 minutes of all of Middle Tennessee's games this year. I didn't. I'll admit that. So I'm like, okay, so what, what does Middle Tennessee do really well? They turn teams over, right? They're like one of the best in the nation in terms of turnovers gained, their top five in terms of interceptions gained, uh, top two, three. I mean, just all across the board, fumble recoveries, interceptions. Like it's just Middle Tennessee's defense has been a big reason for its success. Toledo is one of the best in the country at not turning it over. So if we're looking at a Middle Tennessee offense, it's not been a real difference maker. Its defense has really been carrying the way, but Toledo doesn't turn the ball over. I don't know. Your strength doesn't line up with uh, with a Toledo weakness. As as we mentioned on the lock podcast, I've got I've got Toledo uh, covering this number. I do think this game ends up getting a little bit sideways. Over under at 50 and a half.
1: I don't even remember. Did we it's supposed to be pretty windy?
0: Yeah. But... I was gonna say I, I couldn't couldn't
1: necessarily take an over in the Bahamas. You can though, because that's the thing. Like we've learned over the years that wonders in bowl season don't really have that kind of same impact it's it's usually because the games are usually played in warmer weather and for whatever it is the wind in the warm weather does not have as large of an impact as wind in cold weather i guess it's probably because there's a difference between having hot air blown in your face and cold (laughs) air. like for instance the other night i went outside to take out the trash and for some reason in mid-december it was like 63 degrees and it was really windy and i was enjoying it Partially because it felt good, but also because I knew it'd probably be another four months before I felt that kind of weather <laughs> again. But still, there is that kind of difference. And I do, I agree with you. I think that barring a bunch of turnovers that Toledo hasn't had all season long, they should cover the spread here. And I do kind of like the over, but I'm not really 100% sure either way because, as you know, we've mentioned, like this is a game that can get sideways. The Bahamas Bowl gets funny, you know, it's, you never know what's going to happen.
0: I mean, we've got a track around the stadium.
1: That's no. a principle. Like anytime there's a track around a stadium, who knows? It's who knows. <laughs> Toss the record
0: books out for rivalry games, and when there's a track around the stadium, we are men of principle. All right. So then that game will probably end around 4 o'clock. A little bit of a break, then we get back at it at six p.m. Eastern time, uh, again on ESPN two from Orlando as Northern Illinois faced Coastal Carolina. Northern Illinois. Uh, heck of a performance in that MAC championship game. Showed up against the Kent State team, dictated the uh, the game early, got it done running the dang football. Uh, the legend Rocky Lombardi out here getting rings mm-hmm. as Rocky Lombardi does. Coastal Carolina very disappointed that they didn't compete for the Sun Belt championship, but still. Obviously a very good season 10 and two here for Jamie Chadwell's group. The Clears are 11 point favorites over under around 63 you know Sunbelt Mac matchup. I don't have any huge principles here outside of maybe leaning a little bit more towards the wondering if we're operating with uh, with groups at different teams at different levels.
1: I will say, I know that we both just suggested to take Toledo against Middle Tennessee, but I do find that one principle I've had success with in bowl games over recent years is to fade the Mac.
0: I know, but against like mid-tier Conference USA...
1: But yeah, that's the thing. Like there's a huge gap between Middle Tennessee and Coastal Carolina, in my estimation, as far as the quality of the teams. Cause this is like kind of like Toledo. I mentioned you know, their three conference losses in Macro by a total of eight points. Coastal's 10 and two. It's two losses were by three on the road at App State and by two at home versus Georgia State. So it's two losses gained by five points combined against the two teams that finished ahead of it in the standings in its division. And I just think that this is a team that is really good on offense like it runs the ball a lot but it has plenty of balance and with Grayson mccall where it's it's like a modern option offense with that's a much more efficient passing like Grayson McCall led the nation in passer efficiency this year and it wasn't close. Like he doesn't throw 40 times a game, but if you just look at how well he does when he does do it, he was the only quarterback in the country with a passing efficiency rating over 200. I think he was about 20 points ahead of CJ Stroud who was in second. So that's, you know, kind of important. I think this is a Coastal Carolina team where I know that Northern Illinois won the MAC and Coastal Carolina finished 3rd in its own division in the Sun Belt. I think Coastal Carolina is a better team than Northern Illinois. Jeez, I hadn't
0: sorted passer rating for the entire country. Mhm.
1: Yeah, nuts. Yeah. It just yeah. it was completely glanced over all season long how well he was playing.
0: Grayson McCall 207.95 first place, CJ Shroud as you correctly mentioned in second place at 182.24, uh Hendon Hooker 182.15 Stetson Bennett Uh huh. 176.85. Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner, 175. So we are talking a whole from 175 to 207 is Grayson McCall against the Heisman Trophy winner. 23 touchdowns, three interceptions, his 12.1 yards Mm -hmm. per attempt, also number one in the entire country. But you know what? It is that total number because they do run the ball a good bit. He only had about 2,500 passing yards the nation's leading passer Billy Zappi, 5500 exactly will Rogers at 4400 a little bit more closer to earth as we
1: talked exactly. about exactly it's 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 more important to throw 50 times for 3 yards than it is to throw 10 times for 12 like you know what i mean it's like...
0: <laughs> so funny um, but for northern illinois like the defense though you've got to look at that as that a, res- a respectable unit and a unit that may like May not be fooled immediately, could get caught off guard by some of those explosive plays. Coastal Carolina does a really good job with game planning and play calling mm-hmm. where they set you up, you know, they give you a couple looks, see how you react, and then be able to smash you for uh, the big touchdown or the 40, 50 yard gain. But I don't think that Northern Illinois is just going to get carved up out here.
1: Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, Northern Illinois is one of the better stories in college football this year in that last year in the COVID shortened season, they went 0 6. And nobody really had any expectations for them coming into 2021. They were pretty much picked by a lot of people to finish last in their division, and then they go and win the division, and then they go and win the conference. So it's a great story, and I'm very—I think I, I've really enjoyed watching them because they do play a lot of close games. Seven of their nine wins have been by one score. If you look, even though they went six and two in MAC play, they gave up more points than they allowed which is a hilarious stat to me, and I think they're a good team. I just think that this is an absolutely horrific matchup for them because, as you mentioned, like defensively overall, they've been pretty decent, but where they suffer is against the run, Mm. and what's Coastal going to want to do to you? It's going to run the ball, and that's not great for a defense that ranks 127th nationally in success rate against the run and 128th in defensive EPA against the run. They they have struggled stopping it all season long and I see in this matchup Coastal's probably going to lean on it and then as we talked about with Grace and McCall, when they do decide to throw it, he's very efficient and he's very deadly. So I just I worry about whether or not the Huskies will be able to get enough stops to really stay within this game and give themselves a chance to win.
0: Wild bowl season already. If Tom Frenelli and Chip Patterson are telling you to take some double digit favorites, yeah. I don't know. He's like crazy. You're going to start bowl season on Friday. You know what you're going to get? You're going to get us taking some double digit favorites. Talk to us, <laughs> us on Saturday. We'll be back on Saturday morning uh, to get you set for, uh, as Tom mentioned, the traditional like loaded Saturday six games across Saturday the 18th just two on Friday that is Middle Tennessee in Toledo in the Bahamas Bowl uh, at noon Northern Illinois in Coastal Carolina at 6 p.m. ESPN for the early kicks ESPN two for the late kick you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Frenelli. you can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson back with you tomorrow for more Bowl season daily Tom thank you very much
1: thank you